we've got a treat for you today. We're doing something called Five by Seven. And how many know that we have a lot of amazing, anointed people here at Toronto City Church? Amen. If you didn't know, you're about to find out. You hear from me a lot. You'll hear from Pastor Sharon, Pastor Samuel. But man, I think this year is going to be a year where you're just going to start seeing it's going to be like popcorn. The voices are just going to start coming forth more and more. So you have the opportunity to hear from five different of your church family members for seven minutes each. And they are going to share something God taught them in 2023 that we can carry forward into 2024. And so here's what I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. For some of them, they've spoken a fair bit. But some of them, this is kind of like one of their first opportunities to do it. And so I can tell you when I'm speaking, it's so much easier to preach to a crowd that says amen, that says come on, you know, that agrees, that cheers you on, than a crowd that just kind of sits there and looks at you. Right? And so I you guys do that to me sometimes, not that often, but it's okay. I can handle it. I've preached thousands of hours, but I want to encourage you, let's cheer them on, let's support them, but get ready to receive. Like, I'm not talking a charity case. Like, these guys brought fire, and so just get ready to receive. Tell your neighbor, get ready to receive. All right, and I want you to join me in welcoming Corey, Melissa, Brian, Toyin, and Arnold as they come to the stage. Come on, let's give it up for them. Oh, I was going to say Arnold's going to jump off the keys, but Arnold's not on the keys anymore. So we're putting Arnold to work today. Arnold's playing and he's preaching. Jerry is currently filling in. So anyways, give these guys a second to hit the stage. Awesome. So you guys know the drill. They already did an incredible job in first service, but you got seven minutes. And at the seven-minute mark, you will hear a bell. So and once you hear the bell, can we get that bell, Timo? All right, we'll get the bell. There we go. Well, that's, that's a disturbing bell. I didn't hear that one. So I was a little bit. We're gonna, you'll hear the bell. And as you know, at the bell, oh, they all did a great job with this. So it won't be an issue. But the bell, you stop your preach. And I say, you are allowed to pray. But not a long two, two, like 20, 20 minute prayer or anything like that. So we're just going to let these guys lose. Each one of them is going to share from their heart and share. So first up, I want you to join me in welcoming Corey, who's going to kick things off. Hey, good, morning. good afternoon, everyone. It's nice to, to speak with everyone. Uh, so my name is Corey, for those of you who we not, who, who we not met. And um, I wanted to talk today about faith. And um, that's just something that God's been teaching me this season, this year, over 2023. So at the beginning of 2023, you might remember Pastor Brennan's message. Um, he shared a word, of, word from the Lord, and it was faith. And that, obviously, there's more than just that throughout the year, but that was a pretty, um, one of the topics, like one of the main themes that God was speaking for this year. And at the time, I didn't realize how much that message actually impact me. So after I left, um, going about my day and stuff, then you start to realize, like, God starts to speak to you, and um, I feel like that really was a theme for me as well, personally. So you might be familiar with the scripture that depicts faith as the assurance of things hoped for and conviction of things not yet seen. But another aspect of faith which determines our walk and trajectory is who our faith is placed in. So after, this, uh, after the message that Pastor Brennan preached that day, I had a burning question in my heart. And the question was, God, do you trust me? And, and this question burdened my heart because we often wrestle with putting our faith in God but we sometimes miss the aspect of God searching for those that he can trust. So such, in, such as in Matthew 25, we read the parable of the talents. Well done, good and faithful servant. And everybody wants to be a faithful servant, but there's also the work that goes into that. But asking yourself a question as, God, do you trust me? It's important to keep in mind that there's no condemnation in Christ, but there is correction. And I believe this year has really strengthened my relationship with God because this year hasn't, it really hasn't been easy for me and my family. And there's, there's things that my wife, my wife and I have been praying for. Um, we had certain expectations and certain things didn't plan or turn out the way that we had hoped, but God is still good in that. There was time not too long ago actually where my wife was praying and amen to a praying wife. So she was really 
steadfast in that. And she, she was praying for financial resources at this point. And uh, we were partnering in prayer, but she was really going for it. And she was very specific to God with the amount that she wanted. And this is something that I honestly haven't seen before. And that day, actually, God provided the amount. And that was just something that, yeah, was a testimony to. And I know that this year has posed many challenges for all of us, but it's important for us to continue to have faith even when we don't see it. In 2 Corinthians 5, 7, it says, for we live by faith and not by sight. And remaining rooted, remaining rooted in Christ as foundation has been the basis for remaining steadfast despite life's challenges. So I found that to be true. A lot of the time this year, it's been, been really hard. And in Jeremiah 17, 8, it says that he is like a tree planted by water that sends its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes. For its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. And as I've grown in my relationship with Jesus this year, I've grown in deeper confidence and rooted faith in Jesus. And as we enter into 2024, I just want to encourage everyone to, to believe for the greater things, things that may have actually found its way off of your list of prayers. And there are things that God really wants to show each and every one of us. And I think it's just even asking, ask and we will receive, ask that we've already received it. And it's just as simple as saying, you know, Lord, I would really like to see this happen. And then seeing it come to pass. And it's in God's timing, of course, but it's um, amazing when God does the miraculous. So I'd just like to, to finish off with uh, a prayer, prayer of faith for everyone. So Lord, I just thank you so much for everyone here. And I thank you, Lord, that as we end 2023, that it's a new year, it's a new season, and that there's new heart desires, new expectations, new even just laying down burdens, laying down um, anxiety, laying down things that have actually caused ideologies of Jesus, things that aren't actually who you are, Lord. So we just ask for you to bring your heart to the surface, Father God, that we may truly know you and truly search you, that you may open up our eyes, open up our ears, that we may truly know you for who you are and not for who we think you are. So Lord, we just thank you so much for what you're doing in this season and that as it comes to a close, Lord, that there's so much more that you have for each and every one of us here. So Lord, I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. Good morning. At the top of 2023, I was given a scripture that I didn't know was going to be the direction of my year. It was John 15 and it says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. By this my father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. You see, I didn't know it then, but God had given me that word to let me know that the Melissa I walked into 2023 knowing would not be the same Melissa walking out of 2023. So throughout the year, I spent time reading and rereading the scripture, but I kept getting stuck on the word prune. And I kept focusing on the father cutting back and cutting off certain things from my life. And I had already at that point felt like I had lost a lot. So my concern wasn't the pruning because there's benefits in pruning. It um, betters the shape or causes the thing that is being pruned to be more fruitful and who doesn't like to be in shape and who doesn't like to be more successful but for me it was at what cost what was the cost of me being a better version of Melissa what would I have to cut off what would I no longer be able to participate in who was no longer going to be a part of my life 
But the more I read that scripture and the more the year went on, the Holy Spirit began to highlight a different word to me. And it was in verse four that says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The word was abide. Abide means to remain, to stay, to dwell. It means to bear patiently, to remain stable or fixed in a state. You see, the father was teaching me that I could no longer be the person who was unstable, led by my emotions or someone that was moved by what I saw or didn't see. He needed me to be a woman that could stay close to his presence and his word. That when the winds blew and when the waves threatened to drown me, he wanted me to be able to continue without fading, to endure without yielding, to tarry until I saw the promise come to pass. So in December of, um, in early December, I was visiting my brother who was in the hospital battling an illness that actually almost took his life. And the Holy Spirit um, created an opportunity for me to share Psalms 91. And the Psalm is basically the benefits of abiding in the presence of God. And as I was sharing, the Holy Spirit gave me this picture. And I said to my brother, picture being outside in the freezing cold or in the rain with your son. And in order to keep him warm, dry and safe, what would you do? you would draw him close. You would take your coat and you would wrap him into yourself to protect him from the dangers and the elements that could harm him. And there it was, the revelation of abiding. You see, because it's when I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, when I abide under the shadow of the Almighty, I can say, he is my refuge, he is my fortress, he is my strong tower. I don't have to fear what happens in the, in the economy. I'm not concerned about the new viruses that might be lurking. Why? Because I know that I am covered and I know that he will deliver me. I can be confident that he has given his angels charge over me. Why? Because I am dwelling in him. And as as long as I abide, I am safe. The Lord gave me this picture of a canopy. The canopy that has four corners and each corner is anchored by a peg to keep it in place. The first peg is to know who is, God wanted me to know who my source was. Because it is so easy to be plugged into other forms of energy to gain strength and power. But God desires to be our only source. He is our true vine. The second peg was to establish and to be grounded in who God is. That might sound weird, but there are so many children of God that have a skewed perspective of who God is. And because we don't know him, we can't trust him. But I had to know him to trust him. I had to know him because when I know God's heart, I can trust his hand. The third peg is being established in my identity. In verse three, it says, you are already clean. The verse, even though it seems peculiar, is an important verse because if I didn't know that I was already cleansed, my abiding would have looked like me striving. It would have looked like me working for approval instead of knowing that I was already approved. It would have looked like me looking for love instead of knowing I was already loved. The last peg is being established in this word. John 10, 27 says, my sheep hear me and know me and they follow me. In order to submit to the Father, I had to not just know his character, but I had to know his nature. Submitting to the pruning is not easy, but it's easier when I know the nature and character of God. You see Isaiah 55, 8, 9 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my, my, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So I want to close with a story that we've all heard growing up. And it's the story of the three little pigs. As much as it's a fable of three pigs who build their houses on different heart materials, there is a big bad wolf that blows down the first two pigs, the first two pigs' houses, which are made of straw and sticks. But for some reason, he is unable to destroy the third pig's house. So the wolf knocks on the door and he says, little pigs, little pigs, let me in. But the little pigs saw his eyes and they answered back, no, no, not by the hairs of my chinny chin chin. So the wolf showed his teeth and said, then I'll huff and I'll puff and I'll blow your house down. And he huffed and he puffed and he huffed and he puffed, but he could not blow the house down. You see, I always thought this story was about foundations and what I was made out of. But this year, I realized that this story wasn't about me. It was about who and what I find shelter in. 
It was about where I abide. Because if COVID taught us anything, it's not if the enemy comes, it's when. So when the enemy comes knocking in 2024, will he find you abiding in your works, in your titles, in the arms of flesh, in things that can crumble, or will he find you abiding in him? Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you that you are calling us to a greater level of abiding in you. That God, when the enemy roars, when he huffs and he puffs, God, may he find us in your presence. When he huffs and he puffs over our family and our finances and our situations, may he find that our house is built on a rock, the solid rock, which is Christ Jesus. We thank you, Lord God, for abiding. And we thank you that we are safe as long as we are in the arms of the Almighty. The topic the Lord gave me is the fear of the Lord. And what it brought me back to is my daughter and I shared our testimony back in October at the Transform Our World Conference. And then after the Lord's brought us through just amazing stuff. And afterwards, somebody came and they said, what's your anchor scripture? Like, like how are we able to, to, to get through that? And, and I thought about it. I said, there's a lot of scriptures, but really it's the goodness of God experiencing that. And number two, it's the fear of the Lord. And when we think, what is the fear of the Lord? It's one of the seven spirits of God. We have full access to that through Jesus. And it's not nothing that we, we have to earn. It's not, it's not a fear of punishment. It's got nothing to do with falling short. It's got to do with love and honoring God. It's an awe and wonder for who God is. It's a profound reverence for God as, as creator of all and king of the universe. And that begins to change everything. We begin to see God rightly. The fear of the Lord, the Bible says, is to love what God loves and hate what God hates. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the fear of the Lord is humility and humility yields childlikeness. So it's a whole process that happens with the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And one of the things I've realized is the amount of freedom that comes with that, the spirit of fear of the Lord, and not only freedom, but an empowerment as well, because we begin to see things differently through God's perspective. And one of the things I realized, if you look at Canada, as people have moved away from God and the fear of the Lord has decreased, you'll see that every other fear has increased. So you're looking at, so fear of the Lord, what it does, it displaces fear and it, and it now enthrones God as the king of our hearts. And then that's how we, that's like King David. He looked at, uh, before he was King David, he looked at Goliath and he saw him through the power of God, not through his own strength, which, which, is, which is incredible. But I want to put a slightly different twist as well. So I'm an engineer, so I want to bring some cool scientific facts just to put God in his place as our creator. So the, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And when you think about that, 90 billion light years. So he spoke it into being a universe spanning 90 billion light years was created. When you think about that, the speed of light is 300,000 kilometers per second. So that's enough to go around the earth two and a half times, uh, sorry, seven and a half times every second. So imagine that going for 90 billion years at that speed. Or if you look at from the, to give you perspective, if you look at the sun emitting light, it gets to us in about eight minutes, whereas a jet would take about 21 years to get to that. So that's only eight minutes going from the sun to us, and we're 90 billion years across. If you look at our earth, it feels big, but when you look at it through the lens of the universe, it's nothing. So we could fit more than a million earths into our sun, and when you look at our sun, you could, uh, you could actually, if you look at some of the greatest stars in the universe, you could fit more than five billion of our suns into a single star. So it gives you just an awe perspective. If you were to take a dime and you were to hold it up like this, if you could see it to the end of the universe, that one dime would be blocking about 15 million stars from your gaze, which is just, uh, it's absolutely mind boggling. <clears throat> the... Uh, if you look at a bucket, a five gallon bucket, it'll hold about 60,000 grains of sand, depending on, depending on the mass and all that kind of stuff. But what, what happens is when you look at that, and there's more stars in the sky than sand on the seashore, so 60,000 in one little bucket, and look at all the seashores around the entire earth. And the, and the word says that he's got more thoughts about us than he does, than, than grains of sands on the seashore. So eight billion human beings and our, and our all omnipresent God who loves us is thinking thoughts more than the grains towards every single one of those, uh, one of those people. If you look at the earth right now, we're spinning around at, uh, at about a thousand miles per hour. 
And if you look at our, our, our Earth, we're actually spinning around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour. And if you look at our galaxy, we're spinning around the galaxy at about uh, a million miles an hour. And so when you look at it, so if we have, uh, we're, we're one star, and in our galaxy, there's billions of stars and there's billions of galaxies. So it's mind boggling, all held in perfect unity. And, and uh, so there's something called the fine tuning of the universe. And if you haven't ever looked it up, it's probably one of the wildest things that you'll ever, that you'll ever discover. So the, it, it talks about all the, everything required precision for life to exist or even the universe to exist as we know it. And just one small example is the, uh, uh, the force of electromagnetic force of gravity, the ratio of, of electric magnetic force of gravity, if that were to change by even one in 10 to the 40, so one with 40 zeros, if that even once we would not exist as we know it, life would not exist, which is pretty amazing. So that's to give you context, our solar system is 27,000 miles across, light years, sorry, light years across, 27,000 light years. <clears throat> and if you were to take a ruler 27,000 light years long, you were to move it one inch. That is the, the, the precision of just that one constant and that ratio required for life to exist. If we look at our bodies, we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Our, our blood vessels alone, we have over 40 billion blood vessels in our body. If you put them end to end, you have about 60,000 miles of blood vessels, which would wrap around two and a half times the earth. If you were to take our lungs and you were to stretch them out, the surface area of our lungs, is bigger than a tennis court. If you were to look at our, our DNA, so I think everybody's heard of DNA. So within, within the, it's in a cell and our DNA contains over three billion characters and DNA is, is super coiled within each cell. If you were to stretch out the DNA end to end, it would reach 10 billion miles. So that's going from the earth to the moon and back 178,000 times which is just, I mean, it, it's, all, it's all totally mind-boggling. Um, if you look at even one cell, we have one cell with that entire blueprint and, and body plan, and it, it then it begins to multiply, and it goes into four, more than 40 trillion cells, which is just staggering. But not only that, we, there's intercellular communication. They all have to collaborate through chemical electrical signals firing back across all these 40 trillion pieces. Our DNA, the information it contains is so dense, there's nothing else like it. If you were to take a pinhead of DNA and you were to, uh, you, you could actually house books going all, stacking books from the earth all the way to the moon and back 250 times. So absolutely staggering. The, uh, if you look at our human eye, when we're knit together in our mother's womb, there's a million optic nerves going from each eye from the brain and they connect specifically and perfectly to each one. Each eye consists of 130 million light sensitive rods and cones. And what they do is they take the light and they convert it into chemical impulses. And then we get all the software to take these millions and billions of signals and convert it into this richness of, uh, of, of vision that we have. It's just incredible. And if we look at the, uh, so fear of the Lord to me, the book of Job, and at the end of the book of Job, Job was sitting there and he, he shook his fist towards the end. He said, God, explain yourself. And so God said, you know what? I'll take you through a tour of my creation. Where were you when? And he started showing them all the things that he laid, the foundations of the earth, the sun, the stars. And then Job was hit with an overwhelming awe of God. And so that fear of God, he saw himself rightly in humility. He saw God as the king of the universe. And then he trusted God, regardless of what happened. He didn't know why, he never knew what, why what happened, but he, he trusted God's decisions. He just trusted in his wisdom and his nature. So it's, it's totally freaky. When you look at the, the king of the universe, he created everything, it's all his. The Bible says that the earth is the Lord's and all that's in and all that dwell within. So everything is his. If you look at that 90 billion light years, the Bible says that he measures the heavens by the span of his hand. So can you imagine 90 billion light years by the king's hand? It's wild. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end, the king of kings and lord of lords. So if you guys could stand up for one second. So close your eyes. I just want you to envision right now the, the throne room of God. Psalms 2 says that God stands, sits in his throne and he laughs at the schemes of the enemy. So his throne is unrivaled, he, he's untouchable, he's invincible. 
So just picture this God sitting on his throne, our heavenly father, and just imagine that around this throne, there's, there's four living creatures that are just circling continuously, just of unimaginable created beings. And they're just going holy, holy, holy as they circle in awe of God. And that's all they do because he, he, he's, he's infinite. And, he's, and, and so they're just, they're in awe of, of, of our God. And then imagine just lightning, like deafening, deafening thunder coming down, blinding lightning all around, just the power of God. It is thrown being on the sea of glass. Imagine 10,000 times 10,000 angels all around. And just imagine the awe of our creator, the king of the universe. Now imagine you walk up and you stand before his throne. And he looks at you and he smiles because he's your heavenly father. And he looks at you with love because he is love. And you're there not because you deserve it or you earned it, simply because by faith through grace, alone, you are saved and you're his. This entire universe of creation and everything in it was for one purpose, it was for family. And Lord, so we just, we humble ourselves before you right now and I just pray, may the spirit of the fear of the Lord grip every one of us, grip our hearts. Lord, may we see everything through you. Lord, may we be ones that, that tremble in awe and wonder of our uncreated God, the King of kings and Lord of lords. We decree and declare holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. Blessings, guys. Hallelujah. Wow. Like when you, I'm just going to read. So, so just the context, I just want you guys to remember everything that he just said about how magnificent, magnanimous our God is, okay? So here's the scripture that the Lord had me start with. And it was just to me, I'm like, God ordered even our flow this morning. Romans chapter 8 verse 11 says this. So fun. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. Think about that. So that God that created this universe... It says, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit. And then he repeats it again so that we don't miss this. Who dwells in you. So my biggest lesson, one of my biggest lessons this year was waking up to the power of God who dwells in us. Um, in the month of August, there were so many different challenges that were happening and they were really random challenges. Like my husband plays the bass and his hand was hurting for no reason, couldn't figure it out. Um, I had a couple of things happening health-wise and there was this one particular like real estate just challenge we had with one of, of, our, of our properties. And everyone we spoke to about this challenge it didn't make sense to them. They were like, you guys did everything right. Like, this is a no-brainer. This thing should have been sorted out since January. We don't know what's going on. And so I'm like trying all these things, asking all these questions, talking to all these people, and it's not getting figured out. And I'm watching, folding laundry, watching a, uh, an interview of this woman talking to her friend. And she had gone viral for saying something for God, okay? And in the interview, she goes, as soon as I went viral, I turned down my plate. For those of y'all who may not know, turn down my plate means she, was, she fasted. She went into fasting. And so you would think something positive happened and she should just celebrate. But she said, I knew that the enemy was not pleased with the fact that I just went viral to the glory of God, right? And as soon as I heard her say that, I felt God yell <laughs> on the inside of me. And he said to me, toy it. You are at war and you're asleep. You're at war and you're asleep. And he started opening my eyes. He said, look at all these things that are happening around you. 
and you are trying to, because like I'm a coach, so I'm very like strategy thinking, what do you need to do? How do you approach it? And he's like, you're trying to fight spiritual battles with strategy, with physical strategy. He's like, you're seeing this real estate thing, you're talking to all these lawyers, you won't come and deal with it in the courts of heaven. And one thing that got me was, it wasn't that I wasn't praying, so I'm praying with my family. I pray by myself. I, do, I even do three days every quarter. I would go away and be alone with God. So I was praying. And he said, you're praying, but you're not praying. You're not awake while you're praying. You're just praying because this is just what you do. And what he showed me is this is a time to wake up and fast and pray. And so he, was, he even asked me, he's like, when last did you fast? And I fasted, but you know, little things, extended fast. I said, but God, you know, I just had a baby like four years ago. I had, you know, had a baby, <laughs> had a baby. And you, when you're pregnant, you're not fasting. Then when you're breastfeeding, you're not fasting. And then I had a year off, but you know, I wasn't fasting. And then I got pregnant again and not fasting. Then I'm, I'm not, now I'm still nursing. He's like, you better wake up and fast and pray. You better wake up and fast and pray so I did immediately that from that night fasting started and I said God will provide milk for this baby he did fasted started meeting with my friends every single day Monday to Saturday middle of the day we would gather together on zoom and we would just pray in the spirit because the other thing he said to me is there are certain things that the only the Holy Spirit can fight for you you don't know what to pray. You don't know what the challenge is. You don't know where to address it. You just come and you just pray in the spirit. So we just pray in the spirit for 25 minutes and then pray in English after five, like for the last five minutes. Okay, what did the Lord say? Let's pray. And we did that. And all of a sudden, literally from September, breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough. Everything started breaking. Josh got healed. I got healed. I was healed in a week. All this stuff starts opening up. I had writer's block. There's a book. The Lord gave me to write eight years ago, been working on it. Actively for the last two years, I had writer's block. And the Lord, we start praying, he sends me to the right places, writer's block gone. The book is going to be done by today. But that's not all. Been praying into this real estate thing that was happening. It looked so impossible. God said, like he just started opening doors. Talk to this person, talk to that person. Found a new lawyer. This new lawyer said, what, this is what you've been doing? Why don't you try this? Two weeks ago, I tried what she said. Every day I'm doing what this woman said to do. On Friday, before the end of the year, they emailed me, we're expediting your matter. What is my point? The spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us. And many of us are in the middle of battles and we're so comfortable. We're so complacent. And this is me. I was I woke up. He showed me if you're going to obey God, don't think the enemy is sitting back going, "Look at you. Good job. Oh wow, that's so wonderful." No. He knows the, the, the fire that God has placed on the inside of you and he will do his best to stop it. And it's on us to be alert. Then the last thing that I wanted to share was in the book of Acts chapter 4. Because the disciples did not take prayer for granted. They did not take God's grace on their lives for granted. In Acts 4, Peter and John literally got in trouble because they were bold. They prayed for the man at the gate. They get called aside. The people say, stop talking about this Jesus name. They are bold. And they say to the people, how, how can we stop talking about Jesus? Who is the one that's going to judge us? You know, so they're very bold with the people. But what did they do after that encounter? They didn't go back and say, okay, well, we're very bold. Let's go pray for something else. They went back to the church and they, what did they do? They prayed for boldness. Give us boldness that we may speak your word. And so, Father, I pray for us, and I ask God that you would give us the grace to pray. I pray, Father, that in every way that we have gotten complacent, in every way that we have fallen asleep, in every way that we have taken for granted the ways that you have been working in our lives, I ask God that you would open up our mouths to pray. I 
I pray, Father, for those that are yet to receive the gift of praying in the Spirit. And I ask God that you would release through them those the, the, the heavenly language that your Holy Ghost would groan through them in intercessions. Father, I pray that as we pray, hey, the way you did this year for us, guys, one last thing I just have to say. The way God showed off in my life in the last quarter, showed off the battles that I had fought all year. The battles I fought all year. Businesses that were attacking me, my, my business. People talked about me. And in the last quarter, God blew up my business. In the last quarter, I won five awards. Out of nowhere, 74th fastest growing company in the country, Canadian Choice Award, Business Enterprise Award, this award, that award. God said, let me show my name over you. Father, I pray that as you broke through over my life, over our health, over our business, over everything. I pray for each one here. And I ask that as we pray, as we fast, even in this altered uh, 2024, I ask God that you would break through. That you would do what man cannot do. You would do what people cannot explain. That you would set a table before us in the presence of our enemies. In Jesus' name, amen. pretty sure we would all agree that we could just open up the doors to the church and just move from there but we've been instructed so we're going to keep moving forward amen 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 um top of the year i made the bright decision of getting into a gym and starting a fitness journey and if that wasn't adventurous enough i decided to take it a step further and get a personal trainer i was paying for accountability I'm not sure why that was such a concept for me. I was, it was lost on me, but I did it nonetheless. And so um, as time went on, I grew to appreciate the workout sessions. But what I realized as well is that God began to speak to me in the middle of my workout sessions. As a matter of fact, my workout sessions began to show parallels of my actual day-to-day -day life. And so what I mean by that is habits attitudes, weaknesses, and milestones that were reflected in a one-hour session would show habits, milestones, weaknesses, and attitudes in my day-to-day. -day. A story I'll, I'll say is um, one time I was, on, I was sitting on a rowing machine, and so uh, for those who've never done it, do it, but I, I, I'm saying... And as I, so basically just emulates the sport of rowing, you know, just the movements and everything. Yeah, he's a personal trainer, he'll tell you. So <laughs> um, as I'm in the middle of my workout, I just felt everything inside of me begin to scream. And I'm thinking, I'm not even in pain yet. I haven't even reached the point in my workout where there would be pain for my body to start like, you know, rebelling against itself. But then I realized that my, <laughs> I realized that my body wasn't, um, rejecting or, or reacting as a result of pain, but it was a growing disdain for discomfort. What happened is that my body was rejecting the fact that I was outside of my comfort zone. My mind was screaming, stop, enough. We don't want this. It doesn't take all that. And it took almost like a violent resolve for me to push past those thoughts, push past the noise and finish my workout. But like I said, the gym's been reflecting elements of my actual life. So I had to come to terms with the fact that I had an issue of starting a process and not seeing it through because of discomfort, um, inconvenience, lack of desire, or lack of discipline. And so going to the gym consistently was teaching me how to exercise my power of choice to stick through the process. And so the Bible's relatively clear more than clear, actually abundantly clear, about the fact that we as believers will go through trying times and that we are to stick through that process in order to see the results at the end of it. James 1 
I believe it's James 1. Yes, James 1, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 in the Amplified says, Consider it nothing but joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you fall into various trials. Be assured that the testing of your faith through experience produces endurance leading to spiritual maturity and inner peace. And let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 and 7 compares this testing of our faith to the refinement of gold. So in the same way that our faith is tested, gold is refined by fire. Gold eventually perishes, our faith doesn't. Other examples I'd like to mention would be the story of the prophet Elisha with the king who was told to strike the ground and he only struck it three times. That is in 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 14 to 20. As she just talked about prayer, if you look in Luke chapter 1, verse 1 to 18, Jesus talks about the parable of the widow and the judge for, with the intent of communicating the importance of persistence in prayer. Finally, Galatians 6, verse 7 to 9, reminds us to not be weary in well-doing because in due season, we will reap a reward if we do not give up. And so my entire year, 2023, from January 1st till this very day as I'm standing here, has been a journey of putting my feelings, my discomfort, my negative habits and attitude aside in order to submit to the process. So as intended for all of us, my lesson is now your encouragement. And so the one thing I want to highlight is that in the middle of your process, God is the one doing the work and he's faithful. And because he's faithful, that's your guarantee. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, I am convinced and confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will continue to perfect and complete it until the day of Christ Jesus, the timing of his return. Jude chapter 1 verse 24 describes him as the one who is able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before his throne. John 15, as Melissa mentioned, says that he's the one who does the pruning. And he only prunes in order for us to produce more fruit. And in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, we are encouraged to know that we have a high priest who's not unfamiliar with our testing and trials. Because he was tempted the way we are, and yet he didn't sin. And instead, his response to us is to give us access to his throne of grace. And what does that grace give us? It gives us the equipment and the ability to live the life that we have called to live. Romans 5, verse 3 to 4 says that even in times of trouble, we have joyful confidence, knowing that our pressures will develop in us patient endurance. And patient endurance will refine our character. And our character, proven character, leads us back to hope. And this hope is not a disappointing fantasy because we can now experience the endless love of God cascading into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who lives in us. This is the Passion Translation. And so today, as Pastor Brendan said at the beginning of service, you might have had a wonderful year. You might have had a difficult year. And now we're going into 2024. You have a bunch of promises and you have a bunch of concerns. This entire panel has taken the time to give you the tools and the weapons to tackle 2024 with boldness. And the last thing, fittingly so, is to remind you to continue to press and to continue to persist. You're going to have some high days, you're going to have some low days, but at the end of the day, your choice, your power is to exercise your choice to push through. And so to finish this message, I'd like to quote lyrics from a song by Anthony Brown called after this and the bridge basically says keep walking keep praying keep believing because i know there's glory on the other side let's pray father in the name of jesus we thank you for what you have done today we thank you for equipping your people before we even cross over we thank you for giving us a sober perspective but we also thank you for allowing us to be reminded that we're seated in heavenly places in christ jesus thank you for changing our perspective thank you for equipping us oh god teaching our hands to war and our feet for battle and we thank you that as we go into 2024 you will give us the grace upon grace to persist through every season every trial and every tribulation and we will give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, can we give all of these guys a hand today? Didn't they do such a good job?
did they not do an awesome job? I said, after first service, I said to my husband, I said, we are out of a job. We just legit, we need to resign. We're excited about what the Lord is raising up in Toronto City Church, this kind of apostolic hub of teachers and preachers and people who can encourage us. So can we give them another hand? Like they did an outstanding job. Amen. So what we want to do is we just want to take a moment as we're here at the end of our final Sunday of 2023, and we just want to pray a blessing over you guys as we get ready to go into 2024. So if you want to stand to your feet, we're going to ask these guys just to join. They're going to stretch their hands forward towards you as well. But I really want to encourage you, just take a moment right now. What really stood out to you but was shared? Corey spoke powerfully on faith and walking in faith, but also God trusting us. It was a little bit what Melissa talked about, abiding And the enemy may huff and puff, but he's not going to blow your house down when you're abiding in him. Amen. You know, or Brian made you want to go back and do science study. And, uh, you know, but just again, the greatness of God just blow all of our minds. Right. It blew what he shared, blew our minds. And they could pack all that in seven minutes, blew our minds, too. Right. And by memory, no notes. He's just talking away. So. Uh, you know, or toying, encouraging us in prayer and recognizing, you know, prayer and fasting. And I mean, what an appropriate word and encouragement, even as we're getting ready next week, right, to set the tone. And then Arnold closing us off and just encouraging us and embracing the process of what God's doing. So maybe it's one of those things, maybe a couple of those things, maybe it's all of those things that you need today and all those things that God wants to speak to you. And I love that, that line you shared there at the end was it keep walking keep praying, keep believing. There's glory on the other side. Isn't that, isn't that a good word to take into 2024? Keep walking, keep praying, keep believing. There's glory on the other side. Amen. And that's what we're believing for. We're stepping over. So let's just raise our hands to the Lord. I get my wife to pray first, to bust in and I'll pray as we finish this year off. So, Father, right now, we just thank you that you call us to be not only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. And, Father, we have heard many things spoken of this morning that have the power to transform our lives. So, Father, right now, with our hands raised and our heart receiving, Father, we ask that your word would bear much fruit in our hearts. Father, we declare and decree that we believe you at your word that anything is possible and all things are possible to them that believe. So Father, right now over this congregation, Father, we declare a fresh level of hope to arise in the hearts of each one. Jesus, would you walk among us and would you mend the places that need to be mended so that we can come into a new year seeing you as the hope of the nations. Father, would you walk among us and would you whisper affirming thoughts over us about how much you love us. Father, that the thoughts that you think towards us outnumber the sands in the seas on the earth. Would Would we have greater revelation of that? And we thank you right now, Father, for what you are doing in each and every one of our hearts. Would you change us and would you transform us by your word? And so, Father, even now as we come to the end of 2023, as we get ready for 2024, Father, we just, we take a moment to give thanks. Lord, even with the challenges of the past year that many of us face, God, you've been so good to us. Lord, we're here today because of you, and you are going forward with us. And so we just pray blessing today in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you that 2024 is going to be a year, God, where you open doors. 2024 is going to be a year, Father, of manifestation of promises and things that we've prayed for and believed for. God, we thank you. 2024 is going to be a year for godly weddings and godly marriages in Jesus' name. God, for your plan, businesses being open, new opportunities being taken off, God, just those divine connections in Jesus' name. And God, it's also going to be a year of faith. It's going to be a year of abiding. It's going to be a year of growing in the fear of the Lord. Father, it's going to be a year of praying and fasting, Father. Lord, it's going to be a year of going deeper in the things of the Spirit, and it's going to be a year of God persevering. doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect or easy, but we're going to embrace the process. We're going to embrace what you're doing. And Father, we thank you for all this in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And Lord, we thank you. We just declare we will keep walking. We will keep praying. We will keep believing. And we know and we thank you that there is glory.
glory on the other side. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Everyone agreed, said, amen. Can we, can we do this? Can we just bow our head for one second longer? I want to make sure before we finish this year that we give an opportunity. If there's anybody here and you're not right with God and you need to be right with God, what better thing could you do entering into a new year than to get things right with God? Now, I'm not talking about you're a Christian and you had a rough week. You need to repent. I mean, if you do, repent, take care of it before the Lord. But I'm talking about you've never given your life to Jesus. Or maybe you've given your life to Jesus some point in the past, but somewhere along the way, you fell away. You turned your back on him. You know what? He's not angry at you. He's actually, his arms are wide open and he's saying, come home. He's saying, come home to my love. Come home to me. The Bible says in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There is sin. All of us have sinned. All of us have committed spiritual crimes against God. Not just pointing the finger at you. I have. We all have. We all need a savior. We all need forgiveness because the wages of that sin is death. But... There's a gift of God that's eternal life through Jesus Christ. How do we receive that eternal life? We turn our back on sin, we repent, and we commit our hearts and we commit our lives to him. And so if you're in this place just before we close today and you say, you know what? I need to give my life to Jesus or I need to give my life back to Jesus. You just wave your hand today. Just wave your hand. Hold it nice and high if that's you today. Thank you. I see a hand there. I see a hand there. I see a hand there. Is there anybody else? Thank you. I see a hand there. Man, what a great way to start the year off and getting right with God. Is there anybody else today? If there's anybody else just with a hand raise, anybody else? Okay. We'll just give one last moment to do that. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to bring things to a close. And we did this for service. These guys have preached so well. And so actually, Corey, I'm going to steal you. So funny, I forgot you're up here. I'm looking out in the crowd. I'm like, where'd Corey go? Where happened to Corey? If you raised your hand and you said you want to give your life to Jesus, we're going to pray a prayer in just a second that we'll all pray together. But Corey's going to be just off to this side of the stage with a few more of our leaders. If we could just like connect with you for like just a couple minutes, we just want to pray with you and make sure we support you as you make this decision, this choice. But these other ones who spoke are all going to be here at the front as well. Maybe if their word particularly spoke to you, they, they've opened and said they, they'd love to just pray with you for a second and just in doing that. And so if you want to come at the end and doing that but other than that we love you guys we are so excited about 2024 happy new year make sure you sign up for the fast get on the list get plugged into what's happening Burmer, i mean that word just hit me man i just said uh, we're gonna keep walking we're gonna keep praying we're gonna keep believing there's glory on the other side amen Amen. So let's pray this together. And if you raise your hand or you know you should have, let's just make this our closing prayer of commitment to Jesus. Everyone just together say, Jesus, thank you for your love for me. Thank you that you died for me. Thank you that you rose again. Today I turn my back on sin. I commit my life to you. Forgive me. Free me. Fill me. I want to follow you. In Jesus' name, and everyone agreed, said, amen, amen, amen. So again, Corey, a couple of other leaders are going to be right here to this side of the stage. If you raise your hand to give your life to Jesus, please come. Don't go, well, I'll just kind of, I prayed it, I'll slip out. We would love to pray with you. We would love to support you. The other guys are going to be here as well. Just they'd love to pray with anyone who wants prayer. But we love you guys. God bless you. Have an amazing celebration crossing over to 2024, and we will see you next Sunday. God bless you guys.